Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. You know what that means? It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, and I am in complete awe today. I am in awe of everything And guess what? We have a last-minute guest host, the very funny Mr. Talented, Mr. Talented, Yosef Kainer. Hello. Hello, everyone. Yosef, this is an unbelievable story because, first of all, literally we're 15 minutes to showtime. I get a text from Roya. She can't do the show. Her father had another accident. And so we, I call, just a couple minutes ago, I just called Yosef, and a miracle, Baruch Hashem, you are available with your yellow shirt. <laughs> look at that yellow yeah. shirt. You look like a, you look like a giant banana with a, with, with hair because of your beard. In a past life, I was a giant banana. The, the, this shirt is from. There's a. Uh, a there's an app that is known, an app Zichronot Levracha called Meerkat. They were probably the same thing as I don't know what. It's like a, a streaming streaming app, and they they were really excited, and they gave out T-shirts to everybody who was their first first users. But then they went bankrupt. So. But the shirt's still <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a nice yellow shirt. Now you're a Chabad guy. I thought like your closet is filled with just white shirts and black pants, and that's all you wear every day. No, no, that's not true. I do have black pants. I do have white shirts. Uh, the most recent shirt I got, my wife bought me a shirt, a shirt that says Trophy Husband. <laughs> you are a trophy husband. Well, thank you very much for doing the show at the last minute. I it's, appreciate it. It's funny. It's like I kind of feel like, you know, you guys, you can't find a co-host. Or, so you just like go look out in the parking lot, see if there's anybody by the dumpster, you know, rummaging through there for something. <laughs> drag, drag him inside and you got a co-host. That's right. We found you. Oh, come on. What are you doing today? What were you doing? You're home, aren't you? Where were you yeah, in the middle of a, a, Sunday, of a track day? Track Sunday, day is a, a, is Sunday, isn't it? Sunday is a work day. Today's in America, it's not. In Israel, you work from, from you know Sunday through Friday. Okay, but today's Monday, not Sunday. Today's Monday? Yeah. My wife just told me it was Sunday. Well, she's wrong, babe. <laughs> she just, I looked over at her. She just goes, eh? she shrugs. Okay, All right, whatever it is. Whatever Let's say is. hello to our uh, listeners, Yosef. We got, of course, the United States of China, New Zealand, Israel, Australia. Oh, and guess what? <laughs> the country of Europe. I love that Europe is listening. <laughs> and we have Germany and Canada. Germany is separate from Europe, everyone. <laughs> I love that Europe. The country of Europe. Hello, Europe. That's what it says. What's the most the unusual country on there? Like, do you have any, uh, I don't know, what? Albania? I don't know. What are you? You're, I, I'm like I was a CD student. You think I know what's in the country of Europe? <laughs> anyway, Yosef, it's been a while since we've seen each other. Uh, how was your uh, Passover? Good? Pesach was very good. We had um, a number of people. We had a, a couple. There, there's, there are guys that we get from Yeshiva, Shalvim. So some of the guys from Shalvim didn't have a place to go for Pesach. One of the guys, two of the guys, actually, their father was coming. Their mother couldn't come because she uh, couldn't, or something with her passport. And all of us have ADD. 
if you've never done a Seder with ADD guys, normally a Seder, you know, like there's always one person at the Seder who wants to tell Divrei Torah and make it last until four in the morning and then dragged everybody that they stayed up till four. But with an ADD Seder, you say what's in the Haggadah and that's it. You don't add stuff. So we were done by 1030. It was it was really good. We did everything in the Haggadah. We did like you're supposed to, but we just didn't didn't spend extra time on dragging it out. Um, one of the guests was a bass player from a Canadian rock band called Svengali. Ooh, the, Svengali! The, band, the band's called Svengali. He's a, he's a great guy. He's he's that. He's a real estate guy. Whatever. It was just it was a lot of fun. Wow, a Mazalto. That's awesome. A whole ADD Seder. That's incredible. That probably would have driven me nuts. My Seder was very good, and but you know we didn't have anyone that has ADD. But we were still done by ten thirty because uh, the rabbi's wife made sure he was done by ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah but it was great it was good um and um how was your shabbos ah, and after after the seder so i liked it we grow vegetables at home so we, i've also grown organic tobacco because tobacco is a cool thing to grow even though i don't smoke but it's just yeah. a very cool thing it makes you feel like thomas jefferson growing tobacco so so i have all this tobacco after the seder one of the guys took out his rolling papers we rolled cigarettes with yeah. the homemade, homegrown tobacco, and yeah. we sat out in the backyard smoking. It was nice. I thought you just said you don't smoke. No, now it's, you're it's Yom Tov. It's, it's not Chavez. It's Yom Tov. You can transfer fire. I, okay, whatever, dude. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make these rules up. How was your oh, Chavez? Good? How was your Chavez? Chavez was awesome. Chavez was good. I forgot. Who was here? I even forgot. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another one of our guys was here. We've always, we're always having these yeshiva guys over. It's great. I love how you have to look to the to your right to uh, to ask your wife who is here. <laughs> you have to she, have, My, she has to she has to tell you everything. <laughs> she's over there. She's like over there giving me you know hand signals and stuff. Okay. All right. <laughs> she uh, also told me I should pee before we start. Excuse me. What did you just say? She told me that before we go on the air, I should pee just so I wouldn't have to pee in the middle. Okay. Uh, Let's keep this clean, okay? This is a show for Hashem. Uh, anyway, my uh, my Shabbos was great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's your ADD. You just don't care. <laughs> That's okay. I don't take it personally. Um, so I had the most amazing Shabbos, uh, and it was great. And I have to tell you, I was so I had Friday night. I had Shabbat dinner at um, my Chevrusa's house. And if people who don't know, a Chevrusa is your study partner. It's a study partner that I learned Torah with, and um, you know, we had a lot of wine. It's a late Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't start till like 7.30. So it's like, by the time you eat dinner, it's like 9, 9.30. And I didn't eat anything. And we had, and I brought all this wine and we're drinking wine. I had so much wine that after, after we were done, uh, you know, eating, it's tradition. It's tradition. You have to say grace after meal, uh, right? So you, the Jews say this prayer after you're done eating, uh, to thank Hashem for all the food. And um, so we're sitting here. It's called benching. And so we're benching. But I had so much wine and I got and I was I'll be honest with you. I was a little drunk and I'm sitting there holding the the prayer book. And all of a sudden I just passed out. I, I nodded off <laughs> and I'm holding the prayer book and I'm in a deep sleep. But I can still hear him benching, you know, and I'm sitting there like and I'm, 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 my head's drooped over. I look like a bum on the street. With, with, but the amazing thing was that the prayer book never fell out of my hands. I still held onto it with my eyes closed and my head, you know, slumped over. But yet, 
when I woke up, I, I, I opened my eyes a little bit and, 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 and my Hevrusa, not only was he holding a prayer book in one hand benching, but in the other hand, he had his baby. <laughs> he had a baby in one hand and a, and a prayer book in the other with a glass with like 96% alcohol, <laughs> Ooh, which affected, nice. yeah, which affected him, didn't affect him at all. And I'm sitting there drunk, passed out, and I can hear him saying, you know, Hebrew, because, you know, they, they daven, they, 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 they bench so fast, you don't even know if they're really saying anything meaningful. And they're just like, well, and I'm like, and I thought it was like, I was like in a dream and I woke up. I'm like, does this guy have a baby in his hand in a prayer book? I'm like, what talent? How amazing is that? <laughs> Sometimes people benching, it's very hard to differentiate between benching and an auction. If you ever heard auctioneers that go really fast, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's how uh, he was. But uh, I can't believe it. It was like I thought I was in a dream. And I was like, dude, you've got a baby in your right hand, a sedor in your left hand, and a drink right in front of you. <laughs> That's the Jews for you. Well, I'm cutting do down. Like, I'm do cutting down the cactus. I, I'm not good at conversation. What you, you did find me out in the parking lot. Wait a um, second. You're not good at conversation. Why do I have you have a co-host? You're supposed I have to be no good idea. at conversation. Never, from the first time you called, I thought it was a wrong. That wasn't you. It was actually Tamar. She called. I, I was sure she sent the message to the wrong person. I said, Tamar, <laughs> this is Yosef. Are you sure who you? Anyway, but Yosef, I'm cutting down a cactus. Yeah. I've never cut down a cactus, and now I see why people don't plant cactuses. They're the worst things. Even you, you need like stainless steel gloves to, to to touch a cactus without having it poke your fingers. That's right. Well, you got to be careful because not only do you put power tools in your beard, but you you can get stuck by a cactus. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, so anyway, um, another I wanted to uh, just share real quickly before we go to break in the next two minutes another story. So, so the Saturday for Shabbos lunch, I went to another guy's house. And, you know, you're supposed to sit around the Shabbat table and tell Devar, tell stories, uh, tell Devar Torahs and talk to, about Torah. Anyway, so last week's Parsha talked a lot about kosher food, correct? You know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So the uh, the guy that I was with, he tells this story about how he when he was in yeshiva, they found this baby deer that was outside of their yeshiva and they thought maybe the mother abandoned it. So they took the baby deer and they brought it into their dorm room. And for weeks and weeks, they took care of it. They fed it milk. Um, they, you know, he's going into this uh, story and I'm just, I'm like, it would sound like a beautiful story. I'm like, wow, like you are so kind. You take Bambi and you're bringing this deer into your dorm and you're hiding it from the head uh, Roche uh, from like the guy who runs the yeshiva. Finally, it, it became too much. And the, um, the head teacher said, listen, this is affecting your studies. you got to get rid of this deer. So I'm thinking he's going to say, so we gave it to a, a petting zoo. We found a local uh, animal shelter that, or someone who could release it into the wild. They took this baby deer. They called – who's a – they called a, a the hexer? They called a the hokeh. And they slaughtered this baby deer – <laughs> and slit its throat. This is what he's telling at the Shabbos table. And I'm like, oh, my God, I did not expect that ending. Hi-oh! And his little kids are right there. And he's like, I'm like, are you insane? You killed this baby deer? You killed Bambi? All, all to make a point that the deer is kosher? Are you insane? Oh, my God. I'm like, this is a... This is the story that he probably tells his little children when he's in, uh, when they're, uh, before they go to bed. And then daddy took the baby deer. And then daddy slit its throat and blood splurted everywhere. Sweet dreams. Okay, we'll be back <laughs> after this messages, everybody.
Has the news got you down? Not with this funny guy. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller. We have a surprise guest host that we found on the dumpster in the parking lot, Mr. Yosef Kanner, everybody. hi Hello, it is I again. Yosef, thank you so much for doing the show. Once again, my co-host has screwed me, Roya Mosinian. <laughs> we don't need to hear the details of that intimate. Never mind. Hi. Anyway, I just want to. Uh, I just want to finish up. Uh, just saying that uh, what the story I was saying about how this guy is not not a good Shabbos talk when you're talking about slaughtering a baby deer. <laughs> That's not something I want to hear. Um, but it was a crazy story. So that was my Shabbos. <laughs> Where's wh- where was the yeshiva that they have deer walking around outside? Is it in the north someplace? No, it wasn't in Israel. It was in the United States. I think it was a yeshiva in Cleveland. Ah. <laughs> he founded he found a deer in the city of Cleveland. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I my, my I flipped out when he said that he when they slaughtered the deer. Anyway, um, so we do have some news stories, everybody. <laughs> if you can believe that. Um, and if there's any other nis- listeners, please put them up. Um, all right. So here, I don't know if you heard about this, um, Yosef. Uh, this I found from the uh, Times of Israel. This is an unbelievable story. Ready? Maybe you were there. I th- when I read this story, I thought of you, actually. Well, uh, it says Haredi protesters accuse, accused of chasing diners from a non-kosher Jerusalem eatery. Did you hear about this? I heard a different version. Okay, but go ahead. It says over a dozen ortho, uh, ultra-Orthodox picketers outside of Menza. I don't know what that is. I guess that's a restaurant. Joseph, uh, you're playing with your beard constantly. Yes, uh, I it's, am. You know, it's like it's, a toy for you, isn't it? Yes, it gives me something to... I do this. I put it in front of... I take my glasses off, put it in front of my face, put the glasses on. This entertains children as long as they're over the age of two. Under the age of two, it terrifies them for some reason. Yeah, you look like Cousin It. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so yeah, I asked you uh, off the air, if you, well, why were we in our power outage? <laughs> if you went to Yeshiva. You went to Yeshiva, right? I went to Yeshiva. It was it was interesting. I I mean I went to a Jewish school during grade school, but my it, it, at home it wasn't so that. So when I was twenty one, I decided I got to go to Yeshiva. How long I were you in Yeshiva? I for? was in Yeshiva for a good number of years, but because of the ADD, I didn't learn full day. I got a deal with them. I would learn half day, and the other half a day I would work. And then I worked. You know, I did. Uh, I was like a handyman. They called it a shiputznik. So I I what they call all, you? They called you a putz. No, no, no. It's it's called shiputzim, shiputzim, or, or home improvements. So she puts she puts, them. She she puts p- them to work. <laughs> I anyway, I was just asking: Do they give you tests? Do you have exams in yeshiva? No, not at all. No. Okay, I mean, good. Then, most then, then if I if I ever go to a yeshiva, I'll do well because I I I I I don't test very well and I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I get the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. It's just they just want you to learn the stuff, you know. To learn how to learn, that's what they say. Learn how to learn. Well, you know what they should do in Israel? Learn how to keep the power on. Um, anyway, we're going to continue with the stories here. I found this great story. Hey, Yosef, guess what? Everyone's converting to Judaism. Did you know that? That's not true. Yes, it is. Listen to this. Prominent Fox News journalist converts to Judaism in a seven-year extensive learning program. Okay? So it says here... And, and, and I'm not familiar with who this journalist is, but they mention another famous person who you may know who just converted 
uh, to Judaism. It says, it appears that as of late, a number of prominent individuals have declared their interest in converting to Judaism and have completed the lengthy conversion. On April 4th, it was reported that Sophia Ritchie, 24, daughter of legendary singer Lionel Ritchie, had officially converted to Judaism. hi Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, that's very cool. Once, twice, three times a Jew. He has a way of sing when he sings, he like closes and opens his eyelids really slowly. That adds to the, right. the sultriness of it. Uh, what disturbs me about this article is that they call Sophia Ritchie a prominent figure. <laughs> She's not very prominent. No one even knows her except for her father. I've been through so many Jews in my life, and now my daughter is one of them. <laughs> These are Lionel Richie songs I'm singing, but instead I'm replacing his real words with words of converting Judaism. All right, whatever. If I have to explain the joke, you're ATT, you're all over the place. You're, you're thinking no, I, I, I saw right. what you did there. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so then it said... Uh, she says, what a magical day. I want to thank Cantor Natam Lam for helping me during my conversion journey. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Today is the day, she wrote in her story, signing off with a five-star of David emojis. <laughs> thank God that her phone has the star of David emojis. My phone doesn't have that. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I forget which Navi says it, but the, towards the end of days, right before Mashiach comes, they say that a bunch of non-Jews will say, well, they'll see that God is with these people and they'll want to join so that there'll be conversions. Hey, you know what other Lionel Richie songs there are? All night long, all night, all night, all night long. Yeah, my daughter's a, a Jew. My daughter's a Jew. That's all a song about long. That's a song about your Seder. It goes all night long. Yeah. You know what's really annoying about living with your 80-year-old mother? She doesn't realize I'm doing a radio show and she's talking, yelling you're, at her dog for chewing up toilet paper. Please, you're living, mother. You're living with my 80-year-old mother? Yes, I am. Anyway, here's, here's another person. Here's another person who's, uh, who converted. Now, this is the Fox News reporter. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Her name is, uh, it says... Uh, Cassie Dillon? I have no idea. A prominent Fox News journalist based in Boston. She converted through Orthodox Judaism. Her new Hebrew name is Devorah Ruth Batsara. Hi-oh! Welcome! And then, you know, after she converted, she got all these uh, anti-Semitic death threats. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the tribe. Now everybody hates you. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Uh, yeah, I heard about that. You heard about what? I heard about the conversion. I didn't know who it was because I don't really watch a lot of Fox News, but I heard that oh. there was such a thing. Okay, yeah. So anyway, so now everyone can hate Lionel Richie's daughter and hate uh, Cassie Dillon. All right, well, I would like to officially welcome them to the, the tribe, and may they tune in to lighten up. So if they really want to learn Torah, they can listen to this show. <laughs> You have nothing to say, do you? <laughs> I, I often have nothing to say, you know. I know. Why did I call you? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was the wrong number. I really, I really do. You said it's funny um, how you mentioned that we found you in a parking lot by the dumpster. That reminded me of a great story. So when I was in Israel, I just this is just how beautiful this country is. I want to share with people 
that this is the difference between Israel and everywhere else. So I was at this winery in the Golan Heights, okay? And it was starting to come around the afternoon prayers. And I had my spiritual mentor with me. And uh, I'm going to give him props. His name is Gershon Portnoy. He's an incredible tour guide in Israel. And he says to me, Stephen, it's time for Minka. Go get your Siddur and Davin. So uh, anyway, I'm, here I am at this winery. I'm like, well, where am I going to go? And he's like, just go out to the parking lot. So I literally went out to the parking lot with the tour bus, and I grabbed my Siddur. I asked the bus driver, which way is like Jerusalem? He points, tells me which way. I start, you know, praying and davening. And, you know, this is the most beautiful thing about Israel. Here I am in the middle of a parking lot of a winery praying, davening, and customers and employees are pulling in. Nobody cares. And they're just driving around me. Oh, there's a Jew davening. Oh, no big deal. Oh, look, he's davening. No one even cares. If I did that here in America in the parking lot of like a Target or a Walmart, they would run me over, call the police, or probably beat me up. But only in Israel can you just see someone davening in the park, in the parking lot of a winery, and yeah. it's just like it's just, it's just no, it no makes cares. sense. It makes yeah, it sense ma- yeah. exactly. It makes sense. And you know what? It was the most beautiful thing for me. And I was literally crying. I'm like, oh my god, I'm davening Minka, but I'm in a parking lot in a winery, and nobody cares. No one's calling me a dirty Jew. I love it. Oh, oh, oh God, thank you, Hashem. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh. You have nothing to say about that either. I have nothing. <laughs> it's not you know, that, yeah. When I need your ADD to kick in, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. What do you? What, what would you like to say? I. But if I, that's the problem. I have nothing to say. That's why I'm not saying anything. If you if you haven't noticed, um, I don't know what motivates me to talk. Just sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Uh, well, I tell you what doesn't motivate you. Me. <laughs> Anyway, uh, here's another great story. We're going to keep it moving along. This, I think you'll find this interesting. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, um, you know, a couple months ago, uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Chaim Topol, he died, you know? So it says here, Chaim Topol's family says he had a hidden role as an operative for the Mossad. Did you hear that? I didn't know this, no. Apparently, Fiddler do, on the Roof. Do tell, do tell me more. Tevia was in the Mossad, babe. It says here, widow and children, a famed Fiddler on the Roof actor, tells Horatz uh, about his exploits to assist the spy agency using his star status to help out with surveillance. This is insane. He was a member of the Mossad. It says here, um, Fiddler, uh, it says uh, Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof also played in part in some real-life high-stakes drama as an operative for Israel's Mossad spy agency, his family said. Topol, who had a storied career on stage and screen, he died last month at the age of 87. Um, it says uh, his family goes, I don't know exactly what the appropriate definition is for the missions and duties he performed, uh, Omer said. This was one of his friends. But, it, but, what was, what, but what is clear is that dad was, oh, it was his son. But what is clear is that dad was involved in secret missions on behalf of the Mossad. Is that crazy? Fiddler on the he's, roof with a Mossad he's getting- agent. But what he's getting information on Hollywood? Like what? <laughs> no, Where he lived in Israel. It? He lived in Israel. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. Tevia. Tevia is a Mossad I know who agent. He, I know who he is, but that's just very cool. There you? was also a famous American actress who who was a spy. I forget her name though. During World War II, she was a spy, but nobody would have known. Hedy Lamar, maybe is Hedy Lamar a female? 
Yeah, I, I think it was Hedy. Nowadays, who knows? <laughs> she was a spy. Anyway, um, oh, our producer says, yes, she was. Um, anyway, I cannot believe that. I love Fiddler on the Roof, and I can't believe Tevia was a Mossad agent. If I were a rich man, I would spy on you and... I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of a song for that. But oh my God, it's unbelievable. He's always talking to Hashem in the movies, like, "I, oh, you made me very poor." <laughs> I wonder if he was dressed up as like a Hasidic Jew as part of his spy outfit, and he had to kind of. I wonder what his missions were if he was dressed up as Tevia, because that's a good cover, right? Oh, it's Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof. Aha, that's what you think. <laughs> now, please uh, let me look at those documents. <laughs> Anyway, that's a crazy story, isn't it? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, you, you don't care. All right. You're sitting there playing with your beard. What do you care? So it's, 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 if you want to tell me what I should be doing, I mean, you, you did invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, here's, here's a little fun little article um, that you know, I think you'll enjoy. Here, ready? This is nice. How would you – do you want to know – here's the 11 habits of rich versus poor people. Do you want to hear the... the... Yes, I want to hear this. Okay. I want to see if I'm doing them. Okay. So this is uh, 11 habits of the rich versus the poor uh, versus like, you know, why why someone's rich and why they're poor. So basically uh, it tells you like what's the difference. The difference between the rich and the poor often lies in their habits and their mindset. By understanding and adopting the habits of self-made millionaires, you can transform your financial future. In this article, we'll explore 11 habits that separate the rich from the poor. All right, you ready to go? Now, I read these already, and I got to tell you, they are, they're not very favoring to the poor. <laughs> it's, this is in no particular order. It says, rich people have the habit of believing they create their life. Poor people have the habit of believing life happens to them. <laughs> okay that rich people believe that they uh they uh they, they have they, they have a, yeah they have some input into what happens I get yeah that. when when in reality it's hashem he controls all but they don't know that yet number two it says rich people have the habit of creating goals poor people have the habit of letting circumstances control them <laughs> uh rich people have the habit of thinking big poor people have the habit of thinking small <laughs> so if you think small you're going to be poor do you think small Yosef? You know, that, these actually make sense to me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, here, let's see. Uh, it says, uh, rich people habitually model other wealthy and successful people. Poor people resent and are jealous of wealthy and successful people. Oh, that's now, come not, on. Okay. That's not that's a not... Depends on yeah, – I'm sure there are some like that, but there are also some poor people who would like to be rich, so they want to I'm, do that stuff. I, I'm very poor, and I don't resent anybody. I mean, hell, I don't even get paid for this job, and I love it. <laughs> Hint, hint. Mr. Producer, you better start paying me. Uh, it says uh, rich rich people sell themselves and their business. Poor people think selling and promotion are bad. <laughs> this thing, it got more ridiculous. It says rich people habitually learn and grow. Poor people think they already know everything. <laughs> How many poor people think they know everything? If they knew everything, you wouldn't be poor. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I just heard Cat Lady yelling again. Oh, my God, you're crazy. All right, here, I'll do one more. Rich people win by making their money work hard for them through investing uh, businesses and assets. Poor people work hard for their money. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, it wasn't very flattering of poor people. I know a lot of poor people, mainly myself, 
And I think none of that stuff. Are you poor or are you yeah. rich? Uh, it's, it's everything is relative. Oh, that's I'm, right. Everything is relative. <laughs> I'm rich spiritually. Albert, Albert told me that. Albert. Albert. Who's Albert? Einstein. Oh, okay. Uh, he yeah, had a so theory. Uh, so if people don't know or aware of this, uh, Joseph, he has a, f a crazy cat lady that lives with him. So you got some, you, you recorded her, right? Oh my gosh, this morning. I mean, she's, she goes into her kitchen. She has a very elaborate, um, what do you call it? A paranoid conspiracy concept in her. And she, she was naming names. She was naming different people in the police. She was saying how this neighbor is, is following her and this one is listening to her phone conversations. But she's screaming out the window. She goes by her kitchen. She screams out the kitchen window. The entire neighborhood could hear. Kids have started yelling back at her. You know, so we've got teenage kids in the neighborhood. Like she yells and yells and yells, and then one of them just just goes, "Mira, kill yourself!" <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. It, it's horrible, but you got to understand if you hear this every day, this woman is just like, this is this is a uh, family show here. Oh wait, we have we have we have uh, interruption here from our producer. Hedy Lamar was not a spy. While working in the United States, Hedy. And a co-worker developed a method of causing radio signals to frequency hop, thereby making jamming more difficult. The idea worked but was not put into practice during the war because of the fragility and complexity of the mechanism and the resistance of, and the, resistance of the Navy to taking outside help. It was later redeveloped and is used today in such applications as Bluetooth. As a result, she was inducted into the Investors Inventors Hall of Fame. Wow. So Hedy Lamar invented Bluetooth. Isn't that amazing? In, in a way, Thanks. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's split frequency or something like that. Yeah. She was very smart. She was also a kleptomaniac. She used to go into <laughs> well, this is you can look this up. She used to go into department stores and steal stuff, but because she was so famous, nobody they didn't want to prosecute her. So her assistant at, in the evening would take all the stuff that she stole and take it back to the store. Do you know who else is a kleptomaniac and is a celebrity? Mm -hmm. And she's Jewish too. Winona Ryder. <laughs> she's really? been she's been arrested for stealing clothes. Oh, yeah. uh, her and Hedy Lamar. I can't believe Hedy Lamar was a kleptomaniac. Maybe she stole the idea of Bluetooth. <laughs> well, we can all thank Hedy Lamar for inventing Bluetooth. She was not was, a spy. There was Hedley Lamar, I think, who, that was in Blazing Saddles. That was one of the <laughs> That's right. That's right. Which was played by the actor uh, Harvey Corman. It could be. Could be. I don't. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, believe me, I'm right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> as a poor that, person, I as a poor person, movie. I know that I'm always right. <laughs> I love all of Mel Brooks's movies. He's the funniest dude. That's right. He is funny. Um... Okay. Would you do you have anything to share? You want you have don't you have some audio of your catwoman screaming? Would you like to put it up to the microphone? Maybe our audience can listen to what you live with on a daily basis. Let me see if I can find this. Hold on. Well, we, we can't have any dead air, so uh do you want me to go into another story while you pull it up? It'll take me about fifteen <laughs> seconds if you can find so I have to first turn off the do not disturb. This is much more much more complicated than you realize. Oh, okay. Um, well but she was here, she yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. She what? So she was yelling since, since about seven in the morning. I was outside cutting down the cactus that I planted years ago, but that's just gotten way out of hand. So well, you know what's disturbing? Not that this woman is screaming that you're up at seven a.m. cutting down a cactus. That worries me. Are you well, sure? Are you are you mentally okay? It's it's better than shechting. Here, here she goes. 
my God. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good. Wow. Now she's obviously speaking Hebrew, but it sounds like she's she sounds like Adolf Hitler. Exactly. Exactly. She's like, that's exactly right. I sent a video to somebody, a friend of mine, and he he sent it back, but he had put some German, you know, martial music over the over the top. It was perfect. It fit perfectly. Wow. I cannot believe you live with that woman. Every day she's doing that? Every day. Every she day. Did, that's got to bring down the property value. No one wants to move into your building. I tell you. We've, we've had three or four people move out of the building because of her. Wow. That is crazy. That is a crazy and story. It, she, does, she does it out her window. She goes into the hallway. You know, the, it's a four-story building. She'll yell at people. She'll curse at them outside their door. What did she call you? Last time you were on the show, she yelled at you. What did she call uh, you and she your wife? Calls, she calls me a lot of things. The, the most recent thing she called me is the old rapist. But <laughs> but a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't, I hadn't evolved to the old rapist. I was just the peeping Tom and... Um, what was the other thing? Peeping Tom and Sex Deviant or something like oh, that. Oh, keep it clean. Come on, you know, no. She's, she's like she, she's like a she's like a bad ex, except she's not an ex, you know? Oh my god. She's 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 scary. Wow, that is insane. Wow. She's like, Oh you got a kuchiraka date rapist! Date rapist! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where she gets the energy. She wakes up angry. And then she, yeah. like, you know, goes out and makes these speeches, and then she walks around the neighborhood and talks to the well, cats. And listen, I know what it's like to wake up angry. Uh, I'm in the middle of a divorce, and so, uh, you know, I was married to a woman for 20 years. I woke up angry a lot. <laughs> hi oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, so I got a, a cute little story here. This actually is from my neck of the woods. This comes from Philadelphia. See if you... I'm sure you didn't hear about this in Israel. If everyone doesn't know, uh, Yosef is in Israel. He lives in Israel. Um, Philadelphia truck break-in ends in parking lot dime heist. So basically, in my city in Philadelphia, there were thieves that broke into a like a truck that had cash, like a cash truck. Except they broke they broke into a truck filled with listen to this seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in dimes. Dimes. And they still made off with a chunk of the cargo and left coins scattered all around a Philadelphia parking lot. Why did it only have dimes? Is there is there a special Brinks truck that just picks up the dimes? I don't know. It's their it's their uh, Jewish section of the Brinks. <laughs> it says authorities say the thieves apparently fled with at least oh my god a hundred thousand dollars worth of dimes. How do you even run with that? Oh my god, this is heavy. That's got to be a workout when you're running with bags of dimes, boy. That's building up your pecs. Even Arnold would be like, oh come on, get down, look out, get the bags of dimes. It's good for the pecs. It's good for for your biceps and your triceps. While we're stealing bags of dimes, come on, let's go. Get to the chapel with the dimes. <laughs> yes, they, they will build you up. It says here the theft was reported around 6 a.m. on Thursday. Uh, the tractor-trailer driver had picked up the dimes from a Philadelphia Mint on Wednesday. And, oh, that's oh, they why. Were, okay. Yeah, they were, they were fresh dimes. <laughs> Hot off the presses. And they were planning to uh, – oh, the dimes were being shipped to Florida. <laughs> and it says it's not clear how many people may have been involved in the theft or if they even knew what the truck contained. Responding police officers found hundreds of dimes uh, scattered all over the parking lot. You know what's funny? What if they didn't realize? They thought they were getting cash. And then 
they figure out, oh my God, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of dimes. The head, the guy who probably <laughs> organized this whole thing, was like, "You schmuck, you're supposed to get bags of money, not dimes." Now look at us; we have to carry these dimes, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine thinking it's like dollar they, bills and it's dimes? They can buy a lot of they can buy a lot of gumballs. Oh my God. I tell you one thing, if we still had pay phones, they'd be able to make a lot of phone calls because <laughs> they cost a dime back in the day. Oh, God. Do they Seven... still have, you know, I haven't been in America for a long time. They still have pay phones. You can put dimes and nickels and quarters in them or not? No. I've rarely seen a pay phone, but right now they're more like relics, but I would never touch a pay phone. They're disgusting. Homeless people touch them and sleep in them. I, I don't. There's not many pay phones around, but the ones you do find, no, it's it's gross. I would never. I slept it. in a phone booth once when I'm not homeless. You were homeless? No, I slept in a phone booth once when I when I was maybe 16, 17. I was hitchhiking cross country and I got dropped off at a truck stop at about sundown and nobody will pick you up at night and it was drizzling. So I looked for the closest place I could find. There was one of those old fashioned Superman kind of phone booths. I yeah. got in my sleeping bag, curled up in the bottom, sat down there. I was I was like sleeping in the sleeping bag, kind of sitting up. And then about two in the morning, somebody knocked on the door. It was a trucker. He had to make a phone call. This was before cell phones. So he pointed to the phone. I said, oh, okay. I hopped out of there. He goes and makes his call. I'm standing outside with my sleeping bag. And then I hopped back in and went back to sleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So now it's been tradition the last couple of weeks that I do a little Devar tour at the end of each show. Because I've had some very special people in my life uh, tell me, Stephen, stop acting like a schmuck, and you should be saying some Devar Torah. <laughs> so in honor of uh, those beautiful people, I, I continue to uh, give Devar Torahs. I'm, not, I'm good at like writing them because I can't sit and think, but I'm not really that great at, at, at saying them, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting better. So I have a Devar Torah, and if you're not sure to our listeners, because our producers are like, you must tell them what Devar means. People don't know. So a Devar Torah is what? You went to yeshiva. What is it? Literally, it means a piece of Torah. But a Devar Torah is generally a thought or some kind of a, 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 a you know, short sermon, but not even sermon. It's not the right word. A Devar Torah. You're saying a little bit of Torah to somebody. Right. So it, it helps to inspire them and, 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 and to help them in their lives and to use it. And to, it's something. So, so this was from last week's Parsha, Shmini. And um, as we all know, in that parsha, uh, they talk. Uh, Hashem talks uh, talks about kosher food, food that we, uh, we as Jews are supposed to eat and not eat, kosher and non-kosher food. Now, I'm going to ask you this: What is the most famous non-kosher food that even the most secular Jew doesn't touch, or sometimes doesn't, or at least knows about it? Bacon. That's right. It's the pig. But what's fascinating is that there are so many other non-kosher. Um, animals that are just as we're not supposed to eat so you're not supposed to eat a pig and you're not supposed to eat a horse or a lion or a tiger it's uh you know it's all it's all the same it's all the same so there's two uh defining purposes that tells the jew what's kosher there's the outer uh the outer and the inner so the outer is what they have to have split hooves and the inner is the animal has to chew its cud so uh if, if they do those two things we can eat it. If they do one, we can't. But so the question is, why is the pig so famous? Why does everyone know about the pig being horrible when, you know, we're not supposed to eat a camel? We can't have a camel either, I don't think. Uh, so so here's the question, and, and it's fascinating. So this is what it tells us. It says that the pig 
has split hooves, but it doesn't chew its cud, right? Um, and, and a rabbit actually chews its cud but doesn't have a split hooves. But the rabbit doesn't get this bad reputation, but we can't eat a rabbit either. So for some reason, so our sages tell us that, you know, there's uh, spiritually, there's the inside of people, right? There's the inner Yosef, and then there's the exterior Yosef. So the pig shows himself as being kosher to the world. Hey, everybody, look at me. I've got split hooves. You can eat me. I'm a good person. I'm great. Hey, hey, everybody, eat me. (laughs) But... Um, the inside of the pig is not kosher because he doesn't uh, chew its cud. So what does that say about us, and how does that relate to to help anyone in our lives? So actually, I, uh, this, this comes from this book that I have, which is incredible. It's called Torah from Zion. I picked it up at the airport at Ben-Gurion a few years ago. It's from Rabbi Shmuel Rabinowitz. Um, and it's basically called the symbol of hypocrisy. That's what the pig is. The pig is the symbol of hypocrisy, right? Um, so it says here, which is fascinating, it says, um, undoubtedly, the pig does not intend this to be the case. But the reality is that its outer appearance conflicts with its inner essence. And over the years, this has come to symbolize the negative quality of hypocrisy, especially in people. People who behave hypocritically project innocence and righteousness when they are not really this way. People who are outwardly positive but internally negative are compared to the same pig that looks kosher outwardly but when it is looked at internally we discover that it is forbidden to eat so basically what this means is that there are some people in our lives yosef that appear outwardly to be good people and they're they act righteous maybe they're nice to you they they talk to you they they, they're friendly but on the inside they're very bitter they're angry they're not good people and and they're hypocrites this is what we call the hypocrites so our sages are telling us that's why the pig becomes so famous because outwardly he looks like he's bad uh, or he looks like he's kosher that he's good but on the inside he's really bad so you got to stay away from people like that it's very important if someone is outwardly nice to you but on their inner essence they are not uh, a, a good person you got to stay away from people like that <laughs> yep. that's and, the lesson from the pig don't be that, a hypocrite that's right then how do you know sometimes you really don't know that's right you don't know and that's what's dangerous they say our sages tell us that it's easy when a person is mean and nasty to you outwardly that's that's the greatest sign because at least you know who they are. It's the pig. It's the hip, hypocrite, hypocrite person who is the most dangerous because on the in, on the outside, they're being nice to you, but on the inside, they really hate you. Those are the ones we have to be careful of, and those are the type of people that the Jewish people have to be careful with. We are out of time. Thank you, Yosef Kander. You are the greatest for coming in from the dumpster in the parking lot. Shavu and Tov, everybody. Quickly. Thank, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure to be here with you. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India. And I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.